Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Fritz Frivolous with continuous live coverage of the corner of Curious Lane and Just Because Boulevard, the epicenter of the alien invasion. And this just in, King Kong is fighting the mobile suit Gundam. And of course, all of this is happening amidst World War IV, making it pure pandemonium. If only Captain Planet were still alive to save us all. Dude, could you imagine... You're listening to the radio. You hear the jingle from a fast food commercial, and now you're craving a burger from your favorite burger joint. While driving on a road trip, you decide to listen to some CDs of your favorite band. Now the trip doesn't seem so long. You hear a certain beat. Your foot starts tapping. Suddenly, you're dancing. Music influences many facets of your life, sometimes in ways you're not even aware of. But what if music had never been created? What if music had never existed at all? Let us listen in on Will and Tom, our two mind-blowing maestros, as they contemplate a musicless world. Hello, everybody. I'm Tom Case. I'm Will Stark. Will, I think I have a real interesting one here. Okay. Because I know that you're... In your lifetime, you're heavily influenced by this. Oh, am I now? Okay. So the more and more I thought about this question, I was like, you know what? You probably will have a lot to say about this. Mm. What if music never existed? What? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what if music never existed? I think That's tough because I, I don't a even lot know of where people, to begin on this one. you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say the phrase like take for granted, but. You know, a lot of people. No, I think that's fair. I think most people do take music for granted. Yeah, maybe maybe they do. Maybe yes. they do. It's it's because you don't realize how much it influences you. Mm-hmm. Even to someone like me, who you know, I'm not like I, I'm not the type of person who goes like, oh, I love this band. Let me go find out everything about them. Let me right. go buy all their albums right. or let me go go to all their concerts. I, I've never been like that. It's it's not a defining like lifestyle characteristic of yours. It, exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, but, some people it is, and some people's not. Yeah, but, you know, music does influence me, and it, and it has influences in my life. I would imagine it's hard for music not to influence pretty much anyone living in the modern world. I mean, it permeates every source of entertainment that we have, mm-hmm. whether it's actually listening to the radio, playing video games, watching a movie, watching a show, 
Yeah. You know, even going to the store is an experience that involves music because of the music they play over the intercom. That's which exactly. there is an entire science behind, like a psychological science behind, like the types of songs they play at the supermarket to keep you there longer. And my God, does it work? Because every time I go to the supermarket, I'm like, oh, I love this song. You know and what? Then, you <laughs> you hit something yeah. right right on the, the you hit the nail right on the head. Actually, let, let's go to some of these Fritz facts here. Oh, we got for, some Fritz facts. Uh, oh, okay. I, I got yeah. some Fritz facts. Okay. Uh, actually, one of them, I, I just want to say this because I thought it was such an odd fact. Mm-hmm. But I guess in 2016, Mozart sold more CDs than Beyonce. In 2016? Wow. In 2016, right? You know? I wonder what caused the surge in Mozart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was actually happy to hear that, that, you know, like like such a, you know, an, an, a time-tested classic of, of yeah, music. That's one way, Still, one thing to call Mozart. Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, well, he was a genius. Sure, like, absolutely. But, you know... Obviously, you know, how many mm-hmm. hundreds of years, you know, back was that? Or, I don't you know? actually know the, the timeline of Mozart's life, but yes, we were talking on the scale of centuries, at least, since, you know, <clears throat> he was alive. Yeah. You know, it's funny, thinking about, like, if music didn't exist, I think our concept of celebrity would be very, very different. You Bring a Mozart is, even understates what, what I was going to say even more, because I was thinking more along the lines of, like, the 20th century and how the rise of the superstar kind of, if as far as I could tell through my own knowledge, um, seems to have really risen with music um, yeah, over the radio. You know, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, the Beatles, on and on and on before TV really got its hold on the American public. You know, when people could have a TV in their living yeah, room. Yeah, because music, music, radios and music stuff like that was still working. It's more magic. readily available to the public. Yeah, but before like the 1920s, there weren't <clears throat> as many like superstars. As a matter of fact, I don't think there'd be anything even close to equivalent of what we would call a superstar today. But I just feel yeah. like the idea of the super celebrity, the rock star, it starts with music. Yeah, I, and, I agree with that. That's definitely... If you go back to... Mozart and you know all the ancient classical musicians that like are renowned to this day they were superstars in their own time there's something about music that's able to to bridge across cultures and bridge across language barriers and all that other stuff yeah you do bring up an interesting point like you're right back in the day back in his day like he would be the rock star you know what i mean he, he would was. be he yeah From my he, understanding mozart was quite the rock star yeah exactly yeah. he is he was that in his time right. and you got to remember back then you know like the proliferation of music wasn't widely spread without you know the technology that we have now yeah. you know because now someone can make something on TikTok and get, you know, a million views if people like it enough or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, back then, you know, it was very slow moving. Usually these people who, you know, were becoming famous for their music it was it was kind of localized mm-hmm. because like you know their their music may not have spread as far but then of course you had more of the technology of then them being able to record you know like on vinyl mm-hmm. and all that that being sent out to like other parts of the world and and then other people start to listen to his music exactly and there's a level of connection there now thinking about this question makes me think of essentially an, a different question because like if we live in a world where humans never made music that means that like we would be a very fundamentally different kind yes. of creature we would we would definitely yeah. be i because it, we wouldn't be the creatures that made music mm-hmm. so like m- one of the theories surrounding around like music and like why certain music 
becomes like universally loved or like more quickly loved like pop music like what makes pop music so catchy mm-hmm. and why do we like music in general it comes down to pattern recognition yes like the ability to recognize a pattern and then be able to predict said pattern before it happens it's very pleasing to the human mind and not just in music but also in in sight and other things like mm-hmm. that or even in story beats uh there's been studies that show that like human beings actually enjoy stories more when they already know the ending before they see it yeah. which is contrary to how we feel about spoilers in mm-hmm. the common day day and age but um but anyways i digress um, well but i see your point though because a lot of music you know, uh, it, it repeats itself. It has a rhythm. So people yes. kind oh, of yeah, already absolutely. are expecting when they hear mm-hmm. one part of the song, oh, I kind of can figure out what the rest of the song is Right. Like. Or yeah. even like as music gets more complex as you delve deeper into genres and explore more, or if you are a musician yourself, you learn to see like the different rules that are being followed um, between, you know, the, the different modes and the different keys yeah. and all, all the other stuff. And um, you begin to predict... Um, patterns that are way more complicated than what your average listener is, but it's still just as pleasing, if not yeah, more exactly. so, because yeah. you're more invested into like the craft itself. Because you created it. Right. Yeah. But And humans have always been very pattern recognition focused. The type of people that wouldn't develop music, to me, that says that they're not pattern recognition focused. Hmm. And if they're not pattern recognition focused, they're probably not highly intelligent, because that's kind of a, a telltale mark of a highly intelligent species. I would say that if humans had never invented music, uh-huh. we'd probably still be stuck in the Stone Age or previous to that because we're, we wouldn't be the type of creature that latches on to pattern recognition. See, I was I was actually going to bring that up and ask this to later on in, in this conversation, but you, mm-hmm. you brought it up now was, I was going to say, so do you feel like there is, like, let's say people who, you know... Uh, let's say someone who's really good at mathematics, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, are highly intelligent. Because sure. usually you are pattern, you, you, you're able to recognize patterns quickly. That's mm-hmm. what makes you seem more intelligent. And same thing with numbers. And so mm-hmm. you think there's a correlation between, like, you know, people who, let's say, create music mm-hmm. and then people who also, you know, let's say are, you know, really good with numbers and stuff like that. I'm sure there is some sort of correlation. I doubt it's a very strong one. Um, the thing about pattern recognition is there's a million types of it. Yeah, that's um, true. But generally speaking, pattern recognition, having a, a high ability to do so, usually indicates uh, a high ability to critically think and thus problem solve. You can see the pieces of the puzzle, thus you can put it together. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess, yeah, if music had never been invented, it means that we would be, wouldn't be the homo sapiens that we are today we would have been something uh we would have been a people <laughs> unable to progress that's yeah. just my opinion well no 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 that's wrong. well but hey, that's, you know, there's really that's no what i wrong think i think here, if we right? were because if we weren't <clears throat> capable of the pattern recognition of like basic rhythms like mm-hmm. how would we move on to to stories and orate or orating and and you know and all the other the tool making and all the problem mm-hmm. solving that requires you to see patterns and then solve those patterns you know what yeah. I mean? like that would be an interesting i mean i don't know how you would be able to create this type of experiment but that mm-hmm. would be something interesting is to if you were able to i don't know have someone grow up and not expose them to any kind of music at what all would that, you yeah, know what i mean well, what would how that would that like? person grow up you know there were certain things that i already knew when i was thinking about this questions that would mm-hmm. be gone right like like there wouldn't be dancing, or would there? Would there be some sort of... Because, like, why would why did people start dancing? You know what I mean? Right. I would think 
was because of the rhythmic beats of music, right? Right. right. And if I were to to guess, you know, I could be wrong about this, but if I were to guess, like, what's the oldest form of like artistic, you know, artistic form, I would it would either have to be the drawing mm-hmm. and, and or the rhythmic beat, right? Which would then spawn music. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, you know, it's one of those things. Well, if if one didn't happen first or the other, would would it would the other still work? Would the other still happen? You know, I don't know if dancing works without music, but I am very much not a dancer, and, mm-hmm. and for a person who is a musician and can make music, um, I'm completely incapable of dancing, and it's oh, not really? through lack of trying. I just I do not have an internal rhythm that makes my body move in such a way. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I'm I, also I, a very clumsy, like exceptionally oh, really? clumsy person, so that might be part of it. I don't think I'm a good dancer, but I do I'm like sure to you dance. Can dance. I can yeah, see, I, I, I could picture you dancing. I, and I feel like, man, <laughs> if I just got in a little bit better shape, I could probably dance even better. But I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 something that I always thought, like, man, if there was no music, though, would there? You know, because dancing could be considered an art form. You know it what I mean? Is an art form, yeah, yes, it is an absolutely. art form, and like, you know, but if no music happened, would yeah, that I don't, ever I don't have think come dancing about? would have developed. Um, I am curious, and I mean, I suppose we could Google it. Are there any cultures that we know of historically that never ended up developing music? I, I doubt there is one. Yeah, I would highly doubt that. Man. Like, maybe it's possible, you know? Maybe. I, I don't think so, though. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just our Western point of view. Like, music is so... Uh, we're so steeped in music. It, yeah. it, it permeates every entertainment form we have. Like, mm-hmm. So an idea of a world without music... Is utterly bizarre. Yeah, to me. you you I almost can't want, even fathom. I wouldn't it want to. Live yeah, there. exactly. Um, so because so maybe to us it's, it's just the force of, of nature that's always been there. You know, music, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're you're born. There's already music, but you know that brings an interesting fact then mm-hmm. of maybe when music could. I don't know if you even consider it or call it being invented. Right? Mm-hmm. It would have already had to come from our brain being able to recognize patterns so someone who knows maybe the neanderthals back in the day Mm -hmm. or whatever had to have been making sounds and recognized oh if i repeat the sounds it it, it does something to me it makes me feel a certain way you know what i mean which which actually brings me back to to some of the way i know i said i was going to go into the fits uh facts here but oh yeah yeah um, actually, when you first said about going like to the store and you hear music and it's mm-hmm. designed to like keep you there, oh yeah, um, yeah. Actually, a lot of companies invest a lot of money and time mm-hmm. to uh, to basically use music to to kind of put your brain in a, I guess, um, a nostalgic in, state. Yeah, in a state where you want to buy, right? And um, that's interesting. I mean, every company, like almost any big company, Starbucks, Apple, McDonald's, where you want to buy. What does that mean? Yeah, you know what? I it, I don't know exactly what that means, but they mm-hmm. they say like you know a lot of them they they use the music to mold our brains, um, not only into getting into that state, but they want you to identify like jingles, mm-hmm. right? Especially jingles. They those are like probably the the most recognizable, um, you know. Patterns. Three, you know, three to <laughs> ten second, yeah, clips yeah. Of, of music that yeah. people recognize. You know, mm-hmm. if I want da 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 da, yeah, you know what I'm talking I know about, exactly right? What you're talking about. And yeah. uh, so, you know, we when, just got sued by <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The, yeah. the cease and desist. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's free advertising for you, McDonald's. Go, they don't need it. Go eat, um, a, go eat a burger. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, you would recognize that. So they they have people focus on jingles. They want them to correlate mm-hmm. a jingle with a brand. That makes sense. 
Um, it's almost like a Pavlovian response. If like you hear a thing, it reminds you of the reward, which is a tasty Big Mac, I guess in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I oh no, no, you. oh yeah, no, no, no. But you're right. I was just gonna say like you you brought up one of the major ways that music influences us today in in our lives. Um, it, it, they they a lot of times when they're doing that too with music, they they want recall. You know what I mean? Right. You hear that somewhere. You may not even hear the whole commercial, but you hear the jingle and you're mm-hmm. like. Oh, you know what? I'm not at McDonald's tonight. Brand whatever recognition. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's understandable. I was thinking more along the lines while you're in the store. Like, the only thing I could think of of, like, putting your brain in a mode where it's more willing to buy is if you're pulling on the nostalgia strings, which, you know, it gets us emotional, makes us mm-hmm. feel warm and cozy and good. Mm-hmm. And kind of that, if you ask me, I would imagine that would lower the inhibitions of, like, you know, saving your money and being like, oh, no, yeah, like, exactly. I want this and I want that. You know, it feels good. This whole place feels good. Because everyone wants to chase something that they've wanted from their past or yeah, something that makes your, them feel good. I mean, yeah, you should you know? see me with Pokemon cards, man. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. um, so, so, yeah, I can see that. But, I mean, I'm not sure if that's exactly what's putting people in buy mode. But, I mean, when I go to the store, I hear a lot of music from my childhood to teenage years. Mm-hmm. And it's... Usually, they're usually really good about picking the hits that were hits, but they weren't the ones that were played to death, and they're not the ones that, like, annoy you after you've heard them for too long. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the science behind the songs they pick is, but it is immaculate. You, you know what I've noticed, though, for, my, for myself, and, yeah. and I don't know if this was designed for it, but when I go to places like uh, uh, Frankenstein's, which mm-hmm. is like... You know, it's it's like a swap meet for, for it's like collectibles. A, yeah, it's a super mega gaming store. Yeah, exactly. Will. That's only open two days a week that everyone in the area where we live knows about. That's yeah. a nerd. So Yeah, and every and not um every time I go there, but sometimes while I go there, you know what I noticed is if I'm going to like a store that's selling collectibles, right? Maybe from like Marvel and DC comics and they have sure. like these sculptures that, you know, I know cost a lot of money and are out of my budget. Mm-hmm. But they always have like the movie of something in the background, like Batman Begins right, or, sure. or, or Superman Returns or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then I hear that music. Right. Man, I am ready to buy something. Really? I oh, feel like when I hear that music, I'm just like, that is so bad. I, oh, look at that sculpture. And then seeing the sculpture with the music <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, background yeah, yeah. makes it that it's, much more awesome. And I'm like, I'm buying it. It becomes a sensory you know? uh, yes. what's experience. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And, and that experience it makes, makes a lot me want to buy it. It yeah. does make a lot of sense. It's sometimes it overrides my yeah. you know need to be frugal at the moment yeah. and know that I have to save my money. You know, it does It does make sense. This is why people love Disneyland so much. Because yeah, it really Disney's is that probably full the master assault. On your nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. It's just pushing that nostalgia mm-hmm. button. You get the music and, and mm-hmm. obviously the effects and the costumes and the and the rest. Plus, if you're a native Californian, like you went here when you were a kid, so it's like triple nostalgia. Well, not only that, plus imagine if you have kids and the and the type of yeah. experience that it's giving to them. Oh yeah, that because they don't have that nostalgic part, you know what I mean? Because they've you know, they're still young. Honestly, yeah. the kids, it it comes down to the kids. Yeah. When parents see their kids having that much fun. Like you can't. How you it makes you so happy, and you just yeah. want them to be happy, and it's this whole positive mm-hmm. feedback. It's disgusting, yeah, right? You know they they, they got us on lockdown. Yeah, they man. really do. Lockdown. But back to music. Um, but you know, uh, also too back back to some of the facts here. Um, they've actually um have music therapy. Uh, they say that music can actually help heal the brain. That's interesting. Um, they have licensed professionals help people with brain damage, um, not just the brain, not just the brain, mm-hmm. but brain damage, heart problems, or other physical issues. And they use music, and um, 
How how does the music help them? With, these sound like more physical ailments than than like. Yeah, so, like, one of the examples they give is, like, uh, therapists use a style of singing with certain rhythms that can help, like, let's say if your speech, like, if you had a stroke, and, okay. you know, sometimes after a stroke, you have uh, problems with speech, okay. right, because it affected that part of the brain. Interesting. Yeah, so, uh, some therapists actually have used a style of singing that has certain rhythm rhythms in it mm-hmm. that help bring back the cadence of speech. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I would be really interested in reading that paper because... Right? I know. I, I mean, thought... it's one of those things where it's like, it sounds plausible, but like, mm-hmm. is the science behind it really sound? Well, you know, according to Harvard Medical School, uh-huh. um, which I would say is pretty reputable, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> uh, hope so. pa- patients with speech problems are capable of singing words that they cannot speak. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne's your perfect example yeah, of someone exactly. who can sing incredibly clearly, even if he has a hard time speaking. And then, yeah, and, yeah, and then you hear him talk, and it's, it's yeah, he has you know, a very hard speaking, to... and it's from the many, many drugs he did during life. Mm. Um, which is funny because I've always felt like Ozzy's reputation. Though in in the end did well because of his lovable personality and his inability to talk. I feel like for a while there his his reputation really suffered. Like I, I think people tend to find people who have difficulty speaking generally they treat them as if they're dumber. But yeah. Ozzy is a very intelligent individual, yeah, and it's very is. obvious if you read any of his lyrics. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing lyricist. And so I remember those years in the early years of the Osbournes when that was like the show and everyone was like laughing at Ozzy. It's a good show. Yeah. Especially like I don't like reality TV and even I thought that show was pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) But that being said, I remember when Ozzy was getting like re-popular in in the reality TV world. Like the persona that people were getting of Ozzy wasn't the one I grew up with. And like to them, he was the bumbling old funny man. I'm like, but that's not Ozzy. He's a musical genius, and you've got to put some respect on his name. Yeah. But anyways, we've, we're diverging again. Back <laughs> well, to no, music. no, no. These are interesting, you know, things to talk about. But uh, yeah, the other thing I was going to say too is uh, that I thought was really interesting was you know uh, the right side of the brain processes music while the left side processes language. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who have um, problem uh, in their brains to bridging the gap, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's one of the things that it helps music helps create new neurological pathways that could uh, also help heal for that part of the brain. No, I can see that, especially Mm -hmm. with music with words, because I mean, it doesn't get to a better conjoining of those two hemispheres, right? One, Mm -hmm. the one hemisphere processes the actual, you know, sound of the melody and the harmony and all that Mm -hmm. other stuff. And the other one handles the language and you're, you have both with lyrics. Yeah, exactly. So it would be. And then also uh, music improved memory. Like in uh, one of the, the right off the bat, they say like, you know, do you remember when you learned the alphabet? How did you learn the alphabet? Via With the via yeah, song, right? Absolutely. So, you yeah. know, I thought and those were... that's how a lot of children's shows like teach almost anything is like there's usually a sing along for it. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly effective. I also think. And then the next one, the, the last one that, that I have for music is obviously it relieves stress. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like that's most... Not most, but that's a lot of the things I associate with music is not just relieving stress, but it has to do with like changing my mood, you know, like, so, you know, sometimes if you're not feeling too well or whatever, you know, I'll I'll pop in like something from the Beatles, especially like their older stuff, you know, it's more poppy, it's more like upbeat. That yeah. I think when when that happens, we're we're again we're hitting the nostalgia button. It's making you feel warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. But it's funny we just had this entire conversation about music, and we didn't really talk about like the emotional side of the craft. Um, and in a lot of ways, like yeah, music 
developed because of how it made us feel when it came to like pattern recognition. But it very quickly changed into something much, much more profound. And it has to do with like human connection. Yeah. So like people who make music, they tend to, to make music for the purpose of manipulating other people's emotions. Usually it's so that you can get someone to feel the way you feel about a certain thing, whatever it is you're singing about. Or at least you can evoke an emotion that could resonate with others. It's about human connection. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of like dancing, it's like a way for everyone to have a festive feeling together. So it's about togetherness. It's a festive interaction. Yeah. Yeah. That paired with the pattern recognition. And basically you just have, you have the perfect recipe for making humans happy. Yeah. That's why I feel (laughs) if, if music never existed, we would probably be living in a world of people who are highly stressed. (laughs) They already do. You know? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it'll be people who probably are, I don't know why I would think they would be a little bit more on the logical side Mm -hmm. and not as connected with each other. See, I just don't, for, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, go I, ahead, I just have a feeling that, you know, like, it, it would I, be I more... Think it feels that way, but I actually mm-hmm. think the opposite. The opposite. Go ahead. Do you yeah. think they would be more connected? No. Well, it's not so much the connection part. Yeah. It's like, I don't think that this group of people would be logical. Oh, I because, see what you're saying. Because, again, we yeah. go back to the intelligence factor. Yeah. And I just... It is so intrinsic to being human and being of a higher intelligence species. Um that I just don't, I just don't think we'd be human anymore. We'd be something else. Mm. And I think we would be less connected. We'd probably be less tribal. I think, yeah, I think, okay, so logical, I think I probably misspoke with that word. Yeah, it would be more, I I was trying to say more of like a, people would be kind of more, I don't know what's that word, like cold, clinical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not not as, yeah, like not not as connected. I could see that for sure. I would, that this raises another question. Uh, again, because I do not know, um, I would be very curious to see what other higher uh, intelligent life forms, how they react to music. That would be very yeah, interesting. Like, how do dolphins and whales react to different music as a rhythm? I know whales have a language that is, that to is our very, ears, very musical. musical yeah. I don't know if it's musical to them exactly. Mm-hmm. And I know dolphins have like a very uh, rhythmic kind of yeah, clicky that is language. True. But again, I know very, very, basically nothing about both of these. That's why I ask you these questions. Well, you're supposed to know all the answers. You know, but like, what about the higher primates? Like, do chimps and gorillas and orangutans, like, uh, do Mm. they react to music in in specific ways? Like, you know, there was a famous uh, gorilla uh, named Coco, Mm -hmm. I believe. And they taught Coco sign language, right? Mm -hmm. A a form of sign language. And I think I remember seeing a video where... She was reacting to someone who was playing music, and mm-hmm. I mean, she seemed to enjoy it. I think yeah. she even asked for like, "What is this?" or more of this, you know, something yeah. like that. But yeah, th- you know what? That raises an interesting question. Yeah one one last fun fact um, that I do know is um, some of the creatures on Earth with the best problem solving skills in the world are birds, and they uh, produce music naturally. Oh, that is true. So, true. Yeah, dude, could you imagine? Breaking news, a new study suggests leaving an iTunes review is very important for newly created podcasts. So to nurture your new favorite podcast, make sure to leave an iTunes review. This has been Fritz Frivolous, reminding you to like, comment, and subscribe. Will and Tom, back to you.
Have you ever had a dream that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? What is real? How do you define real? If real is what you can feel, smell, taste, and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. Tonight, we will hear from two children of Zion, Will and Tom, as they unplug from the Matrix and try to answer the question, are we living in a simulation? And we're back. Indeed. <laughs> so, this one, it, you know, I had a, a thought about this after watching a certain movie. If I name the movie, it's it's going to, to it's going to ruin the question. You'll oh, really? Yes. Interesting. But if I were to tell you that we already had this conversation, mm-hmm. right, and that um, this conversation has been going on a lot of times. And mm-hmm. each way, each time it had a different outcome, but, you know, they're ultimately trying to get a certain outcome out of this, which is, okay. what if we are living in, in a, a simulation? simulation? Okay. <laughs> I thought we were talking about Matrix 2. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I knew if I just said, <laughs> I just watched the Matrix, you're already going to know like, oh, you're talking about simulation. I mean, I figured it out before mm-hmm. you asked the question. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, what if we are in a simulation? Mm-hmm. Um, from my understanding, it's becoming increasingly likely that we are or at least i believe i believe it, it said that the closer we get to being able to make a universal simulation of our own uh the more we realize it is increasingly likely that we are ourselves in a simulation now yeah and oh go ahead oh no go ahead oh i'll just say yeah in in uh in relative to you know to other theories and science and stuff, mm-hmm. they they call this simulation theory, right? And um, it's relatively new, you know. What it I mean? is in, yes. in the whole. I mean, the concept of, of a simulation could not have probably been per- uh, conceived of like more than like eighty years ago. I would imagine. Well, yeah, they they actually do think, um, you know, like back in the day, like you know, even, even some of the philosophers, like kind of would touch on simulation, but to them, yeah. it wasn't simulation. But they were yeah. they were they would talk about. You know, what if our dreams was the real world and when mm. we're, you know what I mean? Things like that, which, They're you know, adjacent. yeah, adjacent like you could idea. look at that right. and be like, okay, he was saying something similar. You kind know of, what I mean? yeah. It's just they didn't have that technology back yeah, then to yeah, know about no way to, to yeah. really conceive of it unless you were yeah. like some super mega genius. Um, my question to your question is, mm. if we were, what does it matter? Like, is there is there truly a difference between if this was a simulation versus if it wasn't? I mean, you know what? To be honest with you, the only time it would matter is if you knew the actual truth. Then, yeah. then, then to me, I could not. Just like in the Matrix, mm-hmm. like you know, if we are being harvested by mm-hmm. these, you know, machines who right. are using our body okay, heat and well, everything. That's as, a as very battered. specific. Situation. Yeah, that's a, but <laughs> yeah, well, if, if this was the Matrix, that is a very different question than that. Are we living in a simulation? Yeah, because yes, if I too found out that we were for some strange reason being harvested mm-hmm. for battery power, even though it's a very inefficient way to gain gain energy and why mm-hmm. didn't you just build spaceships with solar panels on it and yeah, like start right. collecting it via satellite or something because it's not as fun like or <laughs> or just pick a different animal that can probably make you more <laughs> more energy, energy there but anyways if i too found out that this illogical premise was true mm-hmm. i would be very upset and very very interested in getting the fuck out of it well see but but to me it, it doesn't matter if that was it or not it could uh-huh. be that i'm just hooked up in uh you know 
some machine and they're not yeah. harvesting my body yeah, heat yeah. for energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I still, now that I know what the truth is, I, it would bother me too much to be stuck in a sim- simulation knowing like, you know, the life I'm living is the simulation mm-hmm. and I'm actually out there, whatever, you Existing know, for whatever reason. Else. Yeah. For example, it would bother. That would be the only time that it would matter to me. Okay. So for you, it's almost the principle of the fact Here's that the- it's not the truth for me. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I mean, Truth is relative, but but here's the question: What if, like, okay, I'm imagining in the scenario that you are getting the full gist of the situation of of the simulation. So, what if the simulation was something you willingly had put yourself through, even though you don't oh, actually okay. remember I see that? What you're saying, yeah. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, if I willing? Okay, see, this is what mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up. So, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to call these Fritz facts or not, but mm-hmm. uh, so. There's actually different movies. Like I said, this question was, you know, when I was watching The Matrix. It kind of it yeah, made sure. me, you know, think about that. Mm-hmm. So in The Matrix, that's one movie. That's one way of they're they're talking about the simulation yeah. is where, you know, they're they these robotic robots have a overlords really bad or whatever. Idea. Yeah. And they, they go through with it anyway. Yeah. And, and they no capture you. Yeah, they <laughs> capture you in the, Yeah, exactly. And they're taking, you know, energy from your body or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and then, but then there's like a simulation, like the Truman show. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've never seen it. I do understand the premise. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good movie. And, um, you know, that one is more of where it's not a computer simulation. It's everyone's faking your, and for one person for the purpose of entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a lot different in that, like in that simulation, the universe is, a joke and you're the butt of it mm-hmm. but you just don't know it until you do and then you realize like you know this universe is horrifying and like i've been lied to yeah that's like a different yeah that's why sure. that's another type of like a simulation but okay. what you just brought up there was this movie uh called uh existence right I they spell it, it. I, yeah, already I, hate this yeah movie. I don't like the name of this movie and i don't like the way they spell it they spell it lowercase e uh-huh. capital x then all lowercase I S T E N and then capital Z. What's the rating on IMDb? I I don't know, but you know what? I am so glad that it came out in 1999 because guess what else came out in 1999? The Matrix. Yes, and it (laughs) overshadowed this movie, (laughs) so like nobody, you know what I mean? Because no, I would have been like, dang, no way. Yeah, but see, that's the one where it has the yeah. That's the one. Well, that's the one that it has what you were talking about. Where if you purposely went in and put yourself into a simulation. Mm-hmm. And then got confused, or either because in this movie, what happens is um, it's like a VR video game, right? Mm-hmm. And and right. they came, a company comes out with one called Existence, Great. right? Yeah, sure. And it's so it's supposed to simulate real life, yeah. And but you have a different life than your own, obviously, sure. you know. Yes. Uh, but then what happens is the people who use it or, you know, the main character here uses it and starts getting confused on what's real or what's actually in the simulation. Sure. Um, I could see different psychotic phenomenon like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, you were asking me if would it make a difference if I yes. put myself in there? Difference? You know what? I think it would... Because if I know that I put myself in there, though, mm-hmm. I it, it would be more enjoyable than if I didn't put myself in a simulation and then found out I'm in one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would bother me because okay. I would just have... I, I'm just too curious mm-hmm. and I'm just too... Like I have to know, you know. I'm just too curious. I so have to know why. Your, so in the end, you're not really trusting yourself. Yeah, because you're not trusting the person who put you in there, even though you know you did it according to your own free will. 
No, no. If I was, I wouldn't have, if I was put in the simulation, like the Matrix style, where okay. I didn't know, I yeah. just thought that this was my life. Yeah. And then I found out, that oh, it, wait, this is a simulation. Right. And I didn't put myself You'd be in too this. Curious. Oh, I'd be too curious. No, no. Well, I'm sorry. Did, oh. did you answer the, the question about you having, you going into the simulation of your free will? Like, would you still want to escape? No. Oh, so okay. if I was, yeah, okay. if I was in the free will, it would be different because okay. if I put so myself I in there, then yeah, I would be so happy to be in the simulation because yeah. I would know, you know, hopefully I would know so, what I'm putting myself into. I'm going to go off the beaten trail here for just yeah. for a minute. Like, have you ever heard of a thing called the Fermi paradox? Mm-mm. So the Fermi paradox is essentially, um, how do I put this? It is the theory behind why we haven't found extraterrestrial life yet. Mm-hmm. The idea being that there is some unknown barrier between our current level of civilization and the level of civilization required for interstellar travel. Also, that there may even be a barrier between like the type of civilization 4,000 years ago and where we are now. Um, there are many theories behind like why we're not receiving signals from anywhere else or why we're not finding life out there. Um, there's a lot of them, but one in particular is pertinent to what we're talking about. And it is the theory of simulation technology, where a society that reaches a certain level of technological advancement is becomes capable of creating near-perfect or perfect simulations. And thus, the society itself stagnates because so many uh, members of the society choose to live within their own paradise simulation rather than continue existing in their own world and advancing society and technology alongside it. Like, we reach a ceiling because no one desires to go beyond it anymore. Because why would you? You could create your own dream world, any dream world, a thousand dream worlds. Yeah. Everything that you could possibly want to experience or try is literally at your fingertips. Yeah, And there is, you know, a less than 0% chance or a more than 0% chance, or how am I trying to say what, what, what I'm trying to say? There is, a, there is a non-zero chance that this is a real thing. Because imagine if human beings get the ability to create like universal simulations that they can experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever get off this rock, personally. I just don't think. Oh we'll yeah, there would be There's no yeah, way. Because why would you want to yeah. risk at like you know trying yeah. to travel or you know right? You know, it's just too tempting. Yeah, it's too tempting. Like even to someone who may see that as a horrifying um, fate, mm-hmm. I think it's even too tempting to someone who feels that way. Yeah, because it's essentially like ultimate power with no ethical repercussions. Yeah, that is true. I I got to admit, like. Yeah. You know, obviously, the type of technology that it would take to simulate all that, we don't have yet. No, but don't. E- But even the, the very, very small, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like uh, PlayStation VR, right? Mm-hmm. When I was playing the um, uh, Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. my God, like, I, it, it, no, you're right, because I know I'm safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah, and there's, sure. there's no danger, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you feel like you're in this house. You know what I mean? And if I were to even be able to experience, you know, a fraction or even, or even the same thing, but more of that by like, Oh, let's go to, you know, Mars or I don't know, wherever, somewhere that like, obviously you can't go. Mm -hmm. You're right. If I could already experience it, like, why go and risk the chance of like you know right. your shuttle blowing up? Yeah, absolutely. While you're you know traveling through space, exactly. Another thing too is with 
this theoretical level of technology, a form of pseudo immortality can exist because like so much of our perception of time is exactly that. It's just a perception. And think about in your dreams, when we dream, like I'm sure you, like most people who are listening to this, have probably at some point had a dream where you feel like you experience weeks or months of time in that dream, Mm -hmm. but you wake up and it's only been an hour. Yeah. Like, if we can capture that experience in a simulation, you could live a thousand lifetimes, more, a million lifetimes in one life via simulation. Yeah. Like, there's your immortality right there. Like, it's not really immortality because your physical body still has the limit, but your mental experience is expanded way, way beyond that. Yeah, that's definitely something that would be that would be something that's definitely like if you went into this VR experience, experienced a whole lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, of living seventy years, and you wake and you come out of whatever this machine, and oh, your hours up, you know what I mean? Like that'll be thirty nine credits, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right? Like you're I right. Mean, that would be. I mean, all it would take is enough nuclear reactors to. I mean, here's the thing: if this level of technology happens, like that's it for us, like. Mm-hmm. That's it for our ability to leave this rock, and it's probably it for, like, the progeneration of the species, unless we actively take steps to make sure, like, more of us are being made. Yeah. I think as long as, like, if we're able to, like, crack, I don't know, nuclear fission, or, yeah, nuclear fission, let's just say that. Mm -hmm. If we crack nuclear fission or renewables to an efficient degree where we could keep whole servers running and keep everything functioning and the AI robots making sure everything's rolling through like Mm -hmm. this is how we go extinct like i firmly believe if we invent this level of technology that's it it's over yeah because you know especially if that kind of technology starts to get into hands of like children who you know they don't even get to experience what they could have been in their actual life they're just going to experience everything they're going to buy hey mom i want to you know, buy me the Fireman uh, VR experience. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, sure, that's how it starts. I'm just talking about the the moment, the, uh, the moment where we cross over into everyone goes in and no one comes out will happen. Yeah, that's kind of and, a scary thought now. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, I'm pretty sure that this level of tech is possible, which is why I think it's increasingly likely that we, right now, speaking on this podcast, mm-hmm. very well could be in a simulation. That is really weird. Um, <laughs> you you just freaked me out. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, it's funny though. I want to bring this up because you were talking about uh, like things with dreams and stuff, right? Sure. So it's funny that they they included the film Inception in 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 this simulation list, right? right? Because the dream becomes a simulation, simulation yeah, right? Sure. And 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 yeah. Once I started reading through, I was like, okay, that makes sense. And but, they talk about the time dilation in that too, because the further yeah, the go, further it goes, yeah. the, the the, the slower, more, or no, yeah, the more it, time stretches. The, yeah, time stretches more. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was really interesting was the you know what he's trying to do in that movie is is plant a thought, right? right? And that would be scary. Like yeah. if if that you know what I mean. If like it would work too. And and God I and work. I would think that you know, unfortunately, in the future when more VR things start coming out, you know, for for enter quote unquote entertainment purposes Mm -hmm. you know that they're going to try to put just like what commercials do subliminally you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like they're going to do that it's going to technically plant a thought in your head and it's probably going to be buy more playstation games or whatever it is whatever you know that they may put in there but Mm -hmm. you know i mean that is a very real danger Mm -hmm. that the only way we will circumvent things like that is with legislation 
uh, what's the word? Proactive wow, le- probably, legislation yeah, right. that probably won't happen until damage has already been. Yeah, done. it would be way too late for this work. So yeah, but but yeah, I mean, what are the chances? What do you think the chances are that we right now are in a simulation? You know what? I honestly now after like this conversation. I feel like there could be almost a 50-50 chance that we are in a simulation. But yeah. I feel like the type of sim- simulation that we are in mm-hmm. is more of a, you know, physical-based simulation where where we may be introduced to certain stimuli. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like mice in a maze. A oh, mouse like in a it's, maze. A, it's a like, live laboratory. Yeah, like that type of thing. And I, I feel like, you know... And I don't know if they do exist. And this, like I said, this is just a theory of mine. If this were true, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the more likely scenario is that we are, are, are kind of almost like an experiment to another high intelligent, uh, highly think, intelligent life form. I mean, know? I wouldn't say that's distinctly likely, but I mean, when it comes to the idea of this being a simulation, that seems relatively likely. Like, what would we do if we were able to create like a live simulated universe in a bubble? Yeah. Well, number one, we would do it, and then we would watch. Yeah. And we would have probably more than just one. We would probably have hundreds. Some mm-hmm. we would leave, we'd leave alone as controls. Yeah. And others we would introduce to different stimuli to see what the fuck happens. Yeah. Because why wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Like, until, like, we really start to tackle the ethics of it. Like, maybe there will be protesters against it. But that's even if we, they're even yeah. told about it. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, the public may not even ever know yeah. until, it, you know, it's already, we have 100 years of data on that. You think they really are protesting? Those could be the, the stimuli that they're introducing to us to see how we would react. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. But, but, so, yeah, it's it's distinctly possible that, like, that's the kind of simulation we're in. Um, I tend to lean towards more like if we are in a simulation, it's probably this weird eternal VR system. But, wow, that would yeah. be yeah. Which, all in all, I'll be honest with you, I still want to get a PS5 and play PlayStation <laughs> VR. Like I, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll get I'll get yeah. Stuff I mean, VR else. is definitely the future <laughs> of gaming. That's for sure. Like I, I have no doubt. After some of the stuff I've seen VR like capable of, and that's now in like the wild west uh, of the tech. Like, it's going to get crazy. Yeah, definitely. But, dude, could you imagine? And that is all we have for you tonight. We will continue to bring you up-to-date coverage as new imaginings develop. Please don't forget to leave an iTunes review, like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Remember, you can follow us on YouTube and on Twitter at DCY Imagine. And if you would like to contact us or tell us what you are imagining, you can email us at dudecouldyouimagine at gmail.com. This has been Fritz Frivolous, and from all of us here at Dude Could You Imagine, keep on imagining. I'll hear the question, and my initial reaction is like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> you did that on this one, yeah, too. I did. You and did. Like, I was like, yeah. you were like, oh, why the fuck? You're yeah, like, I was like, what? I know. <laughs>